section fifty eight of the golden gems of life this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the golden gems of life by emory adams allen and s c ferguson section fifty eight sociability society has been a pie compared to a heap of embers which when separated soon languish darken and expire but if placed together glow with a ruddy and intense heat a just emblem of the strength happiness and security derived from society the savage who never knew the blessings of combination and he who quits society from apathy or misanthropic spleen are like the separate embers dark dead useless they neither give nor receive heat neither love nor are beloved from social intercourse are derived some of the highest enjoyments of life where there is a free interchange of opinion the mind acquires new ideas and by a frequent exercise of its powers the understanding gains fresh vigor the true sphere of human virtue is found in society this is the school of human faith and trials in social active life difficulties will perpetually be met with restraints of many kinds will be necessary and studying to behave right in respect to these is a discipline of the human heart useful to others and improving to itself it is good to meet in friendly intercourse and pour out that social cheer which so vivifies the weary and desponding heart it elevates the feelings and makes us all the better for the world society is the balm of life should any one be entirely excluded from all human intercourse he would be wretched men are formed for society it is one important end for which they were made rational creatures no man was made solely for himself and no man is capable of living in the world totally independent of others the wants and weaknesses of mankind render society necessary for their convenience safety and support god has formed men with different powers and faculties and placed them under different circumstances that they might be able to promote each other's good some are wiser richer and stronger than others that they may direct the conduct supply the wants and bear the burdens of others some are formed for one and some are formed for another employment and all are qualified for some useful business conducive to the general good of society the whole frame and texture of mankind make it appear that they were designed to live in society the longer men live in society the more terrible is the thought of being excluded from it society is the only field where the sexes meet on the terms of equality the arena where character is formed and studied the cradle in the realm of public opinion the crucible of ideas the world's university at once a school and a theatre the spur and the crown of ambition the tribunal which unmasks pretensions and stamps real merit the power that gives government leave to be and outruns the church in fixing the moral sense of the people many young men fail for years to get hold of the idea that they are subject to social duties they act as though the social machinery of the world were self-operating they see around them social organizations in active existence the parish the church and other bodies that embrace in some form of society all men are successfully operated and yet they take no part nor lot in the matter they do not think it necessary for them to devote either time or money to society sometimes they are apt to get into a morbid state of mind 
which disinclines them to social intercourse they become so devoted to business that all social intercourse is irksome they go out to tea as if they were going to jail and drag themselves to a party as to an execution this disposition is thoroughly selfish and is to be overcome by going where you are invited always and at any sacrifice of mere feeling do not shrink from contact with any thing except bad morals men who affect your unhealthy mind with antipathy will prove themselves very frequently on mature acquaintance your best friends and wisest counsellors it is to be noticed with what apparent ease some men enter society and how others remain away always such are apt to think that society has not discharged its duties as to them but all social duties are reciprocal society is far more apt to pay its dues to the individual than the individual to society have you who complain of the cold selfishness of society done anything to give you a claim to social recognition what kind of coin do you propose to pay in the discharge of the obligations which come upon you with social recognition in other words as a return for what you wish society to do what will you do for society will you be a member of society by right or by courtesy if you have so mean a spirit as to be content to be a beneficiary of society to receive favors and confer none you have no business in the social circle to which you aspire the spirit of life is society that of society is freedom that of freedom the discreet and modest use of it a man may contemplate virtue in solitude and retirement but the practical part consists in its participation and the society it hath with others for whatever is good is better for being communicated as too long a retirement weakens the mind so too much company dissipates it too much society is nearly as bad as none a man secluded from company can have none but the devil and himself to tempt him but he that converses much in the world has almost as many snares as he has companions the great object of society is refreshment of spirit this is not to be obtained by luxury or by the cankerous habit of speaking against others but by a bright and easy interchange of ideas on subjects which even in their brightest and most playful aspects are worthy to engage the thoughts of men there is an essential vulgarity in one phase of social life that which considers the welfare of the guest's stomach to be the essential part of the host's duty and the great question of the guests to relate to the decorating of their own backs such views elevate nobody they refine nobody they inspire and instruct nobody they satisfy nobody this view loses sight of the great end and aim of society which is to refine and elevate mankind not to feed them upon dainties or to enable them to show off good clothes dean swift had a better relish for good society than for choice viands when invited to the houses of great men he sometimes insisted upon knowing what persons he was likely to meet i don't want your bill of fare but your bill of company it is this losing sight of the true end of society which causes it to present so many strange anomalies yet with all its defects it is well-nigh indispensable to one who would wield power and influence in the world's arena there is no way to act out the promptings of your better nature and to move men in the right direction so potential as that offered to the social man you cannot move men until you show yourself one among them you cannot know their wants and needs until you have mingled with them 
by refusing to cast your lot with others socially you are as powerless to do good as the mountain peak is to raise tropical flowers it is the manner of some to forego meeting others socially there will certainly come a time when they will regret it for the human heart is like a millstone in a mill when you put wheat under it it turns and bruises the wheat into flour if you put no wheat in it it still grinds on but then it grinds away itself in society the sorrows and griefs of others are the object from which we extract the flower of charity and loving-kindness but to the hermit from society his own griefs and sorrows have the effect to render him cold and selfish man in society is like a flower-bud on its native stalk it is there alone his faculties expanded in full bloom shine out their only reach their proper use it is not safe for man to be alone in the midst of the loudest vauntings of philosophy nature will have her yearning for society and friendship a good heart wants something to be kind to and the best part of our nature suffers most when deprived of congenial society it becomes all men to seek the general good of society in return for the benefits they receive from it though the general good of society sometimes requires the individual members to give up private good for that of the public yet it is always to be supposed that individuals receive more advantage than disadvantage from society on the whole indeed there is scarcely any comparison in this case the public blessings are always immensely great and numerous they are more in number than can be reckoned up and greater in worth than can be easily described the most independent individuals in society owe their principal independence to society and the most retired and inactive persons feel the happy influence of society though they may seem to be detached from it no man can reflect upon that constant stream of good which is perpetually flowing down to him from well-regulated society without feeling his obligation to maintain and support it should this stream of happiness cease to flow the most careless and indifferent would feel their loss and feel a sense of their duty to uphold the good of society let the head of society cease to direct and the hands to execute and the other members of the public body would soon find themselves in a forlorn and wretched state End of section fifty eight